And so we have on the line this morning Father Graham Pugin. As you well know, Father Pugin was uh, shot by the police in the Fees Must Fall protests that are happening at Wits University. This happened on Monday. Uh, let's uh, find out how he's doing and what he's thinking at the moment. Very good morning to you, Father Graham. Good morning, Father Russell. How are you? Very well. Tell us uh, this morning, how are you? Everybody wants to know how you're getting on. I'm about, I'm about as well as anyone can be, having been shot in the face. Um, my injuries are not as spectacular as they appeared uh, on, the, on, on the various video footage. I've been very well treated by uh, the, the medical staff at Charlotte Plenke. And aside from pain, which is being well managed, I have nothing serious uh, to, to claim sympathy for, and nothing is broken. Everybody wants to know what was going through your mind when that happened. I, when, 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 when the, the, the rubber bullet hit me, I was. Was completely blank. The first thing I remember thinking um, afterwards was that with my tongue I could feel a bloody mess in my mouth, and I was desperately hoping that I had some teeth left. And in the moments after that, do you recall much of what happened? I have I have a certain amount of. Re- recollection. I I remember crossing the uh, the church parking lot and being taken into my office. I have no recollection of the the video that somebody showed me. That obviously somebody got um, in which I'm heard to say, "Don't let them bring arms into the church." I have no recollection of saying that, but. It's the message I'd been giving all along, so I'm grateful that my unconscious came to my rescue at that moment. <laughs> um, Graham, you speak about not bringing arms into the church, and I want to talk to you a little bit about that, uh, because I think maybe that's a side of your life or part of your life that uh, people may be unfamiliar with, and that is really since the 70s you've, you've been a very uh, strong voice for nonviolence. Uh, you yourself were court-martialed um, for refusing to take up arms. And the reason you were standing at that gate on um, Monday afternoon was because you did not want uh, an armored vehicle to come onto the property of the church as a sacred and safe uh, space. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, where that comes from. Uh, why is it that you are so strong about uh, nonviolence? I studied biblical studies as an undergraduate before I ever discovered the Society of Jesus. Um, and from my reading of the scriptures, it became, became abundantly clear to me that that was the gospel message that Jesus proclaimed in season and out of season. Um, message that 
made peace, blessed are the peacemakers, um, message that lived peace, a message that in such a different way found resonance for me in, in Gandhi's teaching of nonviolence. Um, and I recognized our common Christian vocation in that, that we're called to absorb violence and not to retaliate. And what a powerful weapon that is, as I think this incident perhaps shows. Um, at that time, young South African men were, white men were routinely conscripted uh, into the South African army. Um, and since I turned 21, just as I finished my studies, there was no way that I could be uh, sidelined as being an irresponsible minor. So uh, five weeks after my 21st birthday, I responded to the call-up. Um, the co technically, the call-up was to, uh, to do national service, with mm -hmm. which I had no objection. My objection was to it being military service. I had written a very long letter to the Chaplain General of the uh, South African Defence Force outlining my position, which was one of universal pacifism, not getting into a political argument that that was an unjust war, which it certainly was, but claiming that I was not prepared to do military service in any army ever. Um, my best efforts with the Chaplain General were rewarded by a one-liner, um, which pretty much said, report or else. Hmm. Um, so I did. Um, I arrived in Middleburg with South African infantry, um, where, where we were lined up on the parade ground and given the standard speech about how we were going to go to exotic foreign countries and meet black people and shoot them. Um, at the end of which, we were asked if there were any shoes. Um, various people had grannies dying and needed to rewrite the trick and this sort of thing, and I was very fair into the queue. And I explained that I had no intention of performing military service. Um, they gave no indication that the chaplain general had given them any warning of this, so they were taken completely by surprise. Obviously had no notion whatever what to do with this dangerous lunatic in their midst. I couldn't be trusted um, in the, the, the hospital, which was in the sense of their, their first call. So I actually spent the, uh, the night locked in the vault of the Barclays Bank on campus. Um, I've never patronized Barclays Bank since. Um, <laughs> some, some people would say since I, you've also not lost your lunacy. Uh, uh, sort of. <laughs> well, well, well my, 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 my lunacy comes up a moment later because they, uh, they sent me to the first military hospital in Victoria um, to the actually named Ward 22 for psychiatric observation. Um, I spent a fortnight in 
Ward 22 being closely observed. Soon after I arrived, I was assaulted in the bathrooms one night. Um, and given the opportunity to prove that my nonviolence was more than just words, um, and I subsequently illicitly saw my medical records, um, the only the only notice of it um, was patient fusion parachakroka, now on your patient on the which for those uh, who need a translation, patient fusion is withdrawn after assault by patient von der Mühlen. Hmm. Um, by this stage, I think they were fairly clear that I was sincere. I was sent back to deepest Middleburg, um, where I arrived just as the first commandant's inspection, which was a big deal, was happening. Um, this, this was a big deal. I, mean, I was still wearing my jeans and my bright orange T-shirt and my long hair. It was clearly going to be an inconvenience during, uh, during the commandant's inspection. Um, so in a pattern that was becoming familiar, I was locked into a broom cupboard um, the duration of the inspection. Um, the, the company which I can hardly claim to, to say I belonged, but to which I had been assigned, won the, uh, the inspection and was rewarded with the first weekend pass. Um, they had no idea what to do with me, so I suggested that the, the least inconvenience would be in fact to send me home with everybody else. So I went home for the weekend, um, returned the following uh, Sunday night. Um, there embarked uh, a cat and mouse game for the remainder of, of my time in Middleburg. Um, I was refusing to do anything uh, that involved weaponry or anything like that. Um, I had no problem wearing a uniform, which clearly confused them, um, but I was quite willing to explain that I was happy to undermine the South African army in a pair of brown overalls. That really didn't touch on my conscience in the slightest. Okay. Um, um, I, want to, uh, I want to just jump forward because we've Sorry, got... you pressed the button, Russ. <laughs> <laughs> I want to just jump forward because uh, we've only got a minute or so left to uh, your your approach now with nonviolence in terms of uh, what is happening at uh, campuses. Uh, yesterday was a relatively peaceful day. In fact, I think there were no incidents of violence at WITS. Um, this is a strong message. And even when you've been asked about legal action uh, against the police who shot you, your first response has been, well, we'll consider that, but, but we need to get to a point where there's no violence and people can come around a table and talk. That's exactly the message that I asked Father Matthew to convey while I was on my way to the emergency room. But I think it's tremendously important that things are kept just and peaceful. It's only through justice that we will attain peace. 
Um, and I'd appeal to all parties to do that and to negotiate in order to find a lasting solution. Breaking news this morning is that the student leadership is going to meet with the management of the university. Um, it's still pretty volatile, but uh, that's uh, what we're hearing reports of. We know that there were uh, long and hard negotiations yesterday. Um, but I know as parish priest, you've also today said that the normal midday mass should be celebrated, uh, you know, in hope that this will be a solution to the problem, that uh, there, there will be a, a peaceful way forward uh, from today. Indeed, I've asked my staff to continue, as they have done through all this wonderfully. I've asked them to offer a vote of mass for peace in times of civil disturbance. Um, So I'm sure that that will continue with the the enthusiastic participation of the Association of Catholic Tertiary Students and the wonderful community that comes to Brampton Midday Mass and has supported us faithfully by their prayers and their presence throughout all this, claiming Holy Trinity as a safe and sacred space for all. I've also asked them to continue with the lunchtime feeding scheme for students who are hungry, who need it, which is conducted without any form of stigma or means testing or anything like that. Hungry students can be fed underneath the church at the time of Mass. I've asked for all, all those normal things to continue. The street people will be fed, as always. Um, I'm hoping that we can maintain business as normal. Our core business saying at last prayer. Thank you. Well, Graham, um, thank you very much uh, for talking to me. Uh, thank you. Many people are saying for your witness, especially uh, your non-violent witness. I was uh, being asked questions in the studio just before we went on air, and I said, uh, I think I would have run a mile when I saw that in Yala coming. So uh, I think you've got more guts than what I have. Um, and uh, everyone here at Radio Veritas wishes you a very speedy recovery. Thank you very much. Thank you, and God bless your work. Thank you. Uh, that's Father Graham Pugin, who was shot by the police on Monday in the Vits Must Fall, uh, in, in the Fees Must Fall, not Vits Must Fall, Fees Must Fall process, uh, uh, which is happening in campuses around the, the country. My name is Father Russell Pollitt. I'm in this morning for Francis Correa, listening to the Jesuit Hour. We're going to take a break. And coming up after the break, speaking to a young man, Justin Logie, who has found perhaps an w- economic model, a way forward to solve this Fees Must Fall protest. Radio Veritas Your Catholic Connection This podcast was first broadcast on Radio Veritas 576 AM The Good News for a Change For more information on programs broadcast on the station please visit www.radioveritas.co.za or call 011-663-4700.